Welcome to Speaking of Grace, the weekly message podcast from the Whole Life Church in Orlando, Florida. We're a multi-ethnic, multicultural, and multi-generational congregation committed to our mission of loving people into a lifelong friendship with God. We are committed to our vision of being a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. Thank you for joining us as we continue Speaking of Grace. I want to take a second and let that uh, continue to soak in. I'm so glad that here at Whole Life we know that this sermon isn't the main thing. The whole worship service is, is meant to be a complete thing, and we would be missing so much if there was only a sermon, or even only music. So I want to thank each one of you for being a participant in our service, because whether you are standing up here or whether you are in our seats here, you're a participant, if you choose to be. And so I want to thank you for participating and being a part of it. I do want to say a special thank you to Southern Adventist University and their steel drum band. Um, Steel drums have a special place in my heart. and Southern has a special place in my heart. So glad that you all are here. And I'll kind of explain that special place here in a second. Um, man, January 21 is a day for birthdays. Um, I don't know if you know it, but our, our worship pastor, the incredible Melanie Bachman, today is her birthday. Yeah. And uh, very important to me, today is my wife's birthday. Yeah, Rochelle. So uh, this picture was taken just a couple years ago, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, so the fun part about it is, is that I proposed to Rochelle on her birthday, and so 25 years ago today, uh, I proposed to Rochelle, and uh, for the Southern Adventist University students here, they will recognize the opulent setting of Isles PE Center um, there. Uh, the, don't judge me too harshly before you hear the whole story. Um, basically, uh, that was where we went on our first date. I sent her on a scavenger hunt. It ended there. I had uh, our friends hidden back in, the, uh, back in some of the courts in the back, and then they came out after she said yes. That was, and uh, that would have been awkward otherwise. Um, and, uh, but you know what? The kind of cool thing is like when something really cool happens to you or you meet somebody cool, you really want to share that with other people, right? And that's, I know that when I got engaged and uh, on Rochelle's birthday, we just wanted to share it with the people that mattered to us um, and to, to be a part of that. So anyway, happy birthday. Love you. Let's go ahead and uh, bow our heads and have prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together. We want to ask that you would be here with us. And Lord, I particularly want to ask as I'm speaking that you would speak. I pray that I get out of my way and, sh- and let you do what you want to do. Pray that your spirit would fill me and that your spirit would fill those who are listening so they can hear what it is that you have to say to them. We pray in your name. Amen. So um, we are on a series of sermons that go along with the theme for this year, follow me. Our theme for this year is follow me, meaning follow Jesus. And, and so we're kind of explaining and unpacking what that looks like. We have uh, thank you so much. You did a fantastic job last week uh, talking about who's called, and, and that was so good. It was so good. 
And uh, today, I'd like to start a two-part series in the middle of another series. Um, I know, it's confusing to me too. Um, But what I want to talk about is, what is the response that Jesus is expecting from us when he calls us? What is it that Jesus wants us to do? What is it that, how are we supposed to respond when he says, come follow me? So I think for the first part of this series, for the first of this two part, there's two answers to me. And today's answer is going to come to us from the first chapter of John. So if you have a Bible on your phone or in person or on your iPad, you're more than welcome to take that out and open up to the first chapter of John. Make sure that I'm not making things up, okay? Um, So... We're going to go through a little bit of a progression. You're going to see the text up on the screen. I'm not going to actually read the full text, but like I said, you can follow along in your Bible. But let's, let's look at the progression. And what I want you to be thinking about as we read this text are what is the response of people who have met Jesus? Okay, can we do that? So here we go. Ready? So John chapter 1, verse 36 is where we're going to start. John the Baptist sees Jesus passing by and says, Behold, there is the Lamb of God. And there are two of his disciples that are with him. They're not named immediately, but we find out eventually that at least that one of them is Andrew. And both of these guys begin to follow Jesus. So what happens next? Andrew, one of those two disciples, goes and he finds someone else, right? He finds his brother, Simon Peter. And he says, we found the Messiah. So what happens next? Well, John's other disciple, Andrew, and Peter are with Jesus now. And the Bible tells us the next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. And he found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, most Bible translations translate it and make it seem like it was Jesus who said to Philip, follow me. Or I'm sorry, that, that, uh, that Jesus is the one that found Philip. But what you need to understand is the Bible wasn't written in English. It was written in Greek. And in the original translation, the meaning is a little bit more ambiguous than it would appear in our English translation to be. So who was it that actually found Philip? Was it Jesus or was it someone else? Um, According to D.A. Carson in the Gospel according to John, the Greek text leaves the matter open. If you read it literally, it's the next day he decided to leave for Galilee and found Philip. Jesus said to him, I want to suggest to you that with all the due respect to the wonderful scholars who are clearly way smarter than I am in the world, I really think that it was Simon Peter that found Philip. Why do I think it was Simon Peter that found Philip? Well, because the verse before is talking about Peter. The other thing is that when he said they decided to go to Galilee, it says he resolved. It's almost like to me that the person who decided they needed to go there had decided, I have somebody I need Jesus to meet. And the other telling tale is that the Bible tells us in the next verses that Philip and Simon Peter are from the same town. That sounds like a clue, doesn't it? It's like, hey, these guys grew up together. 
So to me, it makes all the sense in the world that it wasn't Jesus who went there, decided to find Philip. It was actually Jesus being taken by Simon Peter to meet his buddy Philip. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Jesus said that. Jesus does the call, but Peter introduces Philip in my humble opinion. I suppose it doesn't really matter that much, maybe, whether Jesus found him or Peter, but it matters a little bit to the progression of where I'm going with this. So what does Philip do once he's met Jesus? Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, we've found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. Natal, you did such a good job with this. Nathanael, Philip says his name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth. Come on. Nothing good comes out of Southwestern University. I mean, I'm, oh, I, that's for trying to give all my blood away and kill me, by the way. Um, If you weren't here at the beginning, you don't understand. You just have to go back and watch the tape later. I'm just saying it is online. All right. Nazareth, exclaimed Nathaniel, can anything good come from Nazareth? Come and see for yourself, Philip replied. And you know what? Nathaniel does come and see for himself. Look at that progression. What do they all have in common? What's their response to meeting Jesus? Is it okay if I use a Ted Lasso clip to explain it? Hey there, Ollie. Hey, Ollie, what are you doing here? Wait, I mean, you invited me, remember? I invite every person who's been in my car. Oh. Hey, Ollie, this is my friend Trent. Trent, this is my buddy Ollie. Please meet you. Congrats. You both just met a cool person. <laughs> you follow what happened? If you know cool people, you want to introduce them to each other. So you following with me? You following? The response to meeting Jesus is to introduce Jesus to someone else. And what I really want you to do is go back to what that interchange that happened between Nathaniel and Philip, because I think it's really important for some of us to get this message into our heads. If you need to look it up, look it up in your Bible, John chapter 1. Philip shows up and says to Nathanael, we found the Messiah. He's the son of Joseph from Nazareth. And Nathanael doesn't just say, oh, fantastic, let's go see him. He's like, come on, dude. The implied text is everybody knows that the Messiah does not come from Nazareth. Nazareth is a terrible place in the first place. But secondly, that's not where the prophecies say the Messiah is going to come from. So there is nothing good that's coming out of that place Come on, Philip, read your Bible. And so what Philip does next is he says, well, Nathaniel, let's sit down and have a Bible study. I want to show you some things. I want to explain some things to you. I want you to understand that you are really backwards in your view. You're narrow-minded because what's really going on here is that Jesus was born in Bethlehem, which is where the Messiah comes from. 
It was just that his parents were on a road trip then, and then Herod went to a town. They had to go to Egypt, and they had to come back to Nazareth, which was a good place for a tradesperson like Joseph to be from. And so that's why Jesus is said to be from Nazareth, but he was really born, just like the scripture said in Micah, in the town of Bethlehem. So now do you believe? For those of you who are trying to find that in your Bible desperately right now, it's not there. That's not what Philip does. I want to suggest to you, at least in the world that we live in today, we do not win people to Jesus with debate. By being right. I mean, it's good to be right. But in my experience, when people, when you make somebody realize how wrong they were, it usually makes them not particularly like you. And in the world that we live in today, People just aren't willing. They're like, well, that's your viewpoint. Perhaps we ought to be a little bit more like Philip. What was Philip's response? He didn't debate. He just said, come and see. Come and see. You know why? Because Jesus is the best answer. Jesus is fully capable of explaining himself. And we just need to get out of Jesus' way. Just come and see. Just come and see. We make it way more complicated than that, don't we? But really, when you love somebody and you love somebody else and you introduce those two people to each other, Nathaniel was willing to go and meet Jesus because he had a relationship with Philip. Philip didn't shame him. He just said, come and see. And if you don't, at the end of it, you don't believe it, that's fine. But come and see. And Jesus is fully capable when Nathaniel shows up of proving who he is to Nathaniel. Come and see. You know, um, a couple months ago, um, I told you about this guy. Anybody remember that sermon? Yeah, yeah? okay. Um, my favorite Thai restaurant in the world. The food is amazing, and as amazing as the food is, this guy is a little bit more amazing. And for me, it's Pat that makes the eating experience at Thai Phuket two. Two, not one. Remember that, right? (laughs) If you're going to Nashville, Thai Phuket two, not Thai Phuket one. Pat is amazing, and I love telling people to go eat at Thai Phuket. And what was funny to me is... In the months since I preached that, I've gotten these two pictures from people. So, so some of you have been in Nashville and taken me up and gone and found it. And by the way, both Phil and Allie agreed with me that the food is amazing and Pat is even more amazing. Because when you like people, you want to introduce them to the things that you like. And when you have a relationship with somebody, they're willing to try something because they know you. They said, well, if Ken likes it, I might not, but maybe I will. If it's important to Ken, maybe I'll give it a shot. Now, I know what a couple of you are thinking. You're thinking, okay, that's pretty simplistic. You're saying that, come and see. I don't, you know, that's, that's all there is to it. Yeah. I want to suggest to you that if you want to know what our evangelistic strategy is for this year, this is it. Three words. Come and see. 
Now, some of you are thinking, well, come and see what? Jesus isn't, I mean, yeah, if Jesus were here, I'd sure invite people to come here. First Corinthians, First Corinthians tells us that we are the body of Christ. That's why it matters how we behave, by the way. That's why it matters if we act loving and kind, because people, when they come to church, remember that church is the body of us, not the building. When people come to church, the goal of the Christian church is that they experience Jesus in us. That when they come and see, they come and see something that isn't outside the walls, outside this body. That the world is not this way. The world isn't loving. The world isn't kind. And so when they come to the church, they need to experience Christ because the church is the body of Christ. So I want to ask you to do something for me. This is our strategy for the whole year. We'll see whether it works. We're just going to try it out. I want to ask you not to worry about whether you know every proof text for every belief you have, but rather when you encounter somebody who needs Jesus because you love Jesus and you think Jesus is cool and you want to introduce them to an amazing God, you just simply say, come and see. That's it. You don't, I mean, three words, that's pretty easy, right? Come and see. Just come and see. What am I asking you to invite them to do? Whatever God puts on your heart to tell them to come and see. You know, we have small groups at this church. Maybe you want to say to them, come and see a small group at my church. Or maybe you're like, you know what? There's a really special program on a Saturday morning that's going to be here. Come and see. Or maybe you're like, they're telling you they're just looking for a church family. You say, well, we have a great church family. Come any Saturday morning for that. Or maybe you want to say, you know what? We have this really cool barn party that we do in November. Come and see. Or maybe you want to say there's this church retreat. I know you won't know very many people there, but you'll know me and I'll hang out with you. Come and see. Family, if, if we would all just use those three words to the people that we love in our life that don't have Jesus in their life or are struggling to find Jesus in a world where there's a lot of pretend antichrist. You know, by the way, you know what an antichrist is, right? It's the opposite of Christ. It's unlove. It's unkindness. And there's plenty of that in churches, unfortunately. But my Deep belief is that whole life is different. That you can safely say, come and see. Particularly if you know that you are going to do your best with Jesus' help to be a part of his body and reflect him. Come and see. Come and see. So as we go through this year, I just invite you, Three simple words. It's our evangelism strategy for the year. We're going to have lots of amazing church services. We're going to have a lot of social events this year. That's coming this year. We're going to do some neat things this year. We've got small groups. We've got all kinds of things. Just invite the people that you care about to come and see. And they may say, can any good thing come out of a Christian church? And you say, come and see. That was good. I'm so excited.
<laughs> you know, for those of you who, don't, who may not know, I've been uh, online hosting for probably about six months now, but this is the first time I do the Q&A, so I am super nervous. <laughs> Usually we're so packed with stuff that I don't get to do the Q&A. The, the funny Q &A. thing is you were supposed to do it like two or three times already, <laughs> and we ran out of time. So I'm happy that today, <laughs> Melanie said we haven't run out of time, and the pastor didn't go too long on his yeah. uh, sermon, so that's, that's So good. be gentle with me, because I am a little nervous, and I need these to be able to see the screen, so... <laughs> Ken, the first question we have is, don't you think that uh, the, our evangelistic of just asking someone to come to church is a little bit simplistic? Yeah, and just so, for those of you who may not know, you can actually submit those questions yourselves, and so to whoever submitted that one, thank you. Um, you can, so yeah, please do. Um, we, and by the way, we, we answer these questions that don't get answered during this time on our podcast. But to answer the question, is it simplistic? I don't think so. I think that sometimes um, simple is better than complicated. Um, and sometimes when we make it so complicated to share Jesus, where we say, okay, so you need to have all these Bible verses memorized, you have to do all this, da-da-da, before you can share Jesus. It, people just start, they just never even start or try. I think it's really important to note that in John chapter 1, all those people introduced Jesus, people to Jesus within 24 hours of meeting Jesus. So they, didn't, they had not had a theological uh, you know, seminary experience where they had gone through a lot of, they had just simply been in Jesus' presence and wanted to introduce their friend. And as I said, I believe Jesus is fully capable of revealing himself through the Holy Spirit um, to, to uh, uh, the people that we introduce to Jesus. Yeah, that, I mean, actions speak louder than words, right? So Definitely. Uh, a lot of times that's, uh, we had one other question actually kind of comes up with what you said. It says, how would you respond to those fellow believers who are convinced there is a need to first educate others in prophecy, doctrinal beliefs, etc.?" And that it's not as simple as Jesus' commands as love God and love others. Well, it is that simple. Um, <laughs> and, but it doesn't have to be either or. It can be yes and, right? I, I, I'm a big fan of biblical prophecy. I think that there's some important stuff in there. And we're going to be doing a sermon series on the book of Revelation, the seven churches in Revelation this year. So, so prophecy is important. It's a yes and. The problem is that when you put the cart in front of the horse, Jesus is always in front. Doctrine is not. Jesus first and the doctrinal, good doctrine will follow from that. We have one other question. This one came from Tiffany, uh, from sorry, Trefina, sorry, Trefina. And it says, if it's not old fashioned to just ask someone to come and see, what else can we do if we are shy and behind the scenes? Um, so I think what's important to understand is that I'm not asking you to stand out on the corner of Princeton and Orange and, and hold a sign saying, come and see. All I'm asking you to do is, and even shy people have friends, I'm told, right? <laughs> um, and I'm a shy person, so I happen to know that. Um, I know it doesn't seem that way, but <laughs> trust me. But... Even if you're shy, you have people that you come in contact with, that you, that you have a relationship with, and that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about forcing it. I'm not talking about going and knocking on doors of people who never asked you to come by or anything like that. There's a time and a place for that too, by the way. But what I am saying is if each one of us, each one of us would just simply say, come and see to the people that God puts into our life, 
that we care about, that we're not shy around because we know them. I, I just, I challenge you, if you want to do something that, that'll blow your mind, just pray, God, bring somebody into my life today, this week, whatever, that I can say, come and see to. You will be surprised the line that God puts at your door that without any effort, you can say, well, come and see, be a part, of, you'll be surprised. And we have one other question, but this one is actually not for you. This one okay. is for Keith Lloyd. And we say some here, where can I watch more of these wonderful steel brand performers, especially the bass player? They are really cool. <laughs> By the way, they have the coolest band uniforms ever. Yes. Just saying. So uh, here's what we'll do. Um, we, uh, Randy, can we on our podcast and uh, maybe on our social media, We'll get that information where we can get, where you, people can watch videos and we'll put it on our social media and we'll put it um, on our podcast and, and uh, maybe we can even figure out some way to put it with today's worship service. But were they, is there an easy website to go to to watch your videos? Just go to the Southern Adventist music page. Southern Adventist University music page. You can do that. But we'll also try to put you know, some links and see if we can put some traffic there because uh, you guys are awesome. So we appreciate having you here. Thank you so much, Ken. Ah, so you did so good. Thank you, sir. I'm gonna have I'll you get to do it again, one. I guess. Yes, we'll do it one more time today. I just want to thank each one of you for being a part of worship today. It would not have been the same without you here. Whether you are here with us in person or whether you're joining us online, I just want to thank you for being a part of the Whole Life family. It just uh, means a lot to me to have a place that I feel comfortable inviting the people in my life to come and see. And uh, I thank you for making this that place, a place where anybody, no matter who they may be, can know that they are loved, accepted, and nurtured in their journey with Jesus. Did you catch that? Their journey with Jesus, not their journey with me, Amen. their journey with Jesus. Amen. So thank, uh, thank you for all being here today. Uh, we're going to continue what the response is next week. So if you, for some reason, can't be here, go online, watch it. We have a really robust online presence. You can watch it there. Um, if you're online, please watch again or come join us here in person. Uh, but next week, we're gonna talk about the second part of what I think Jesus is looking for from us. And, uh, and I think you're gonna really enjoy that one as well. So I look forward to having you here. Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for what you are doing. We thank you for this safe haven for all those who are weary and seeking rest, where they can come to you and experience your life-changing grace. We pray in your name. Amen. Hi, this is Randy McGray, podcast producer and host here at Whole Life Church. Loving people into a lifelong friendship with God is our mission at the Whole Life Church, and our podcasts are designed to help facilitate conversations that help us grow together in that pursuit. Now that you've heard the message for this week, don't forget to check out the Whole Life Takeaways for this message. Swipe up in today's show notes and join the conversation. Speaking of conversations, each Wednesday morning we take a closer look at the week's message. That's right, the one you just listened to. We discuss practical ways to apply spiritual lessons and ask honest questions about the issues we face as Christians all focused through the lens of grace. Your voice is a welcomed addition to that conversation. We encourage your thoughts and your questions by sending a voicemail or text to 
1607 or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. You can find everything podcast related on our website, wholelife.church slash podcast. And plan on spending every Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning with us as we bring you the Whole Life Church inspiration you love straight into your headphones. Thanks for listening and have a great week.